Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. And now, Financial Renaissance with the M's. Renaissance with the M's. You are tuning in to us live, streaming on SSNATL.com. And if you're on Facebook, you're watching us live on Sensation Station Network. We have an exciting show tonight. So make sure that you go to the comment section. You're going to want to throw your comments in. And if you want to text us, you can text us at 678-613-5857. We have an incredible show today, but I got to first give a shout out to uh, my photographer, Karen. Um, She came and took team photos for us this uh, Friday, and I have to say I am actually sore uh, from contorting my body in ways to come out with a perfect picture. I have the utmost respect for models. Um, They make it look so easy when we flip through the pages of magazines. Um, you know, more, more power to them. That's why some of them get paid the very big bucks. But today on today's show, we have our very special guest, Herb McCoy from Fidelity Bank. We're going to be jumping into uh, borrowing, lending, and also giving back. We're going to be talking about building our communities, strengthening our communities today. And then, of course, I'm going to finish or going to add to the uh, five financial uh, spring cleaning tips for this week, things that you need to be working on. And then we'll kind of reflect on or recap some of the uh, the past 10 things that you should have been doing so far for the month. And then I'll go through my top five news stories uh, for the week. And of course, there are going to be some, some repeats um, <laughs> in the financial news. Uh, and then we'll round it up with um, five tips um, of things that you can do with your kids to make your kids appreciate or the kids in your life appreciate understand money and be more fiscally responsible so we can uh, build fiscally responsible um, adults. Uh, Everything that we do on this show today is all about helping our communities. And our communities, it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing, it's not an Indian thing, an Asian thing, it's an American thing. We're all about strengthening our communities. We're all about making our country better. Uh, We know that we're going to, we've had 10 years of of tremendous growth in our country um, from a stock market standpoint. And now we need to just start, you know, getting ready for what may happen because the stock market is cyclical, meaning that what goes up must come down and what's down must come up. And we're going to talk about ways that you can take advantage of the markets when the markets aren't as well or aren't going as well. Um, There is a phrase called the contrarian uh, method of investing that I would love for everyone to just kind of look up. And it's it's doing the, the, the exact opposite of what most Americans do. Um, you know, you can't make money if you buy high and sell low. So it's actually doing the exact opposite of what the, you're usually going to hear financial pundits talking about. Um, basically, you're going to be looking for opportunities when the economy is going to get a little shaky. And, you know, so in order to do that, you're going to have to get your financial house in order. And that's what this spring cleaning is all about. It is Financial Literacy Month, which is a very big month in my house because it's time for us to, to gut, look, take, take stock of everything that we've been doing for the year and just figure out what we want to do going forward and I I definitely implore you if you are um, having financial meetings in your house bring your kids the teenagers everybody needs to be involved to the level that they're able to comprehend but you want to you want your kids to understand what's going on and everybody in the household should be all following on the same path Um, if, if the path is to grow if the path is to level up 
if the path is to make sure that you're passing legacies down. Well, kids need to understand and everybody in the family needs to understand the things that need to happen so that, you know, there's monies there to invest, etc. But listen up, on today's show, like I said, we're going to be talking about building better relationships with community banks. We're going to go over our top five news stories for the week. And uh, we are kicking all this off on Financial Renaissance with the M's. We'll be back in 300 seconds. If you have the questions, we have the answers. Go to SSNATL.com and click on the contact tab. As much as you like. We're the nation's urban station online. SSNATL.com. And we're back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. I am your host, Emma Folks. And I wanted to say, like, I am so overjoyed. I don't know what it is, but... You ever wake up and you just feel like an overabundance of love? That, that's what I'm feeling like today. It's raining. You know, it's just something about the rain that just makes me really, really comfortable. And I guess because rain, with rain comes growth and with growth comes change. And I don't know, that stuff just gets to me. And I love all that the rain brings. Um, so before the break, we talked about um, recapping the first 10 financial steps that I wanted you to hit on for the month. So let's just go through these really quick, and if you have questions, comments, go ahead and throw it um, on our Facebook page at Sensation Station Network, or go ahead and text us at 678-613-5857. So the first uh, tip, first financial spring cleaning tip is to, to become mentally ready, to become financially astute. So, you know, I'm a Star Wars geek. As Yoda said, do or do not, a do or do not, there is no try. So it's not that I'm trying to do better, I'm trying to budget, um, I'm trying to, no, we're going to do these things. So get it in your mindset, get it in your family's mindset that this is what needs to happen. Then you're gonna take inventory of your income and expenses, really focusing on the expenditures, what's going outside of your household. Um, then you want to, when you're looking at your expenditures, you wanna look at things that you may not really need to be doing or use regularly. You know, shed the money suckers. Shed out the things that, you know, if it's subscriptions and you don't watch TV, if it's cable, is it time to cut the cord? You know, figure out what is it that you really don't need to be doing anymore. Go ahead and let that go. And then the, the fourth thing is organizing your financial house. Make sure you have a systematic, orderly process of organizing your finances. So when bills come in, whether it comes in, you know, old school via paper mail, where do those bills go so that they don't get um, lost in the shuffle of all the junk mail that we get? And if the, if the bills come via email, what are you doing to make sure that, you know, on payday eve, you know, this, these emails are still top of mind. You know, we, we want to save paper, but if you need to print them out for now um, and put them with the other bills, put them in a, in a box, a payday eve box, you know, this is what we're going to do the night before we get paid, um, go ahead and do that. But you should have different boxes, different folders, different envelopes for all the different types of expenses um, and things that you have to, that you're responsible for. And then the fifth thing is checking your credit. Um, go ahead and order your free credit reports. Um, you, the biggest thing is making sure that things on your credit report are accurate. And then going into week two, the sixth step was to clean up the mistakes on your credit report. So the, um, there is a Fair Credit Reporting Act, and legally the um, Fair Credit Reporting Act protects you by requiring the, the credit bureaus to furnish correct and complete information. So if you see something on your credit report that is not accurate, 
you have to write them and let them know that, hey, this is not, you know, I've taken care of this, this has been satisfied. And, and the other thing is making sure that if your bill has gone to collections, you find out legally um, whether or not you have to pay the collections agency because it'll still be on your credit. So you want to contact the, the actual person that you um, had the agreement with and figure out how to pay them versus paying the collections agency. And then the uh, seventh step that I wanted um, everyone to, to take heed of is just kind of paying attention to, your, to what's coming in as far as making your money count. So here's where you need to kind of get an accurate picture of the amount of money, like what is it that you want to have in the future? Look at your excess cash flow and can you use any excess that you're kind of, you know, going to the club with or going out to dinner with or buying bottles of wine with? Can you use that cash flow to do something else? Make an investment in yourself. Make an investment in someone in your family. And if you're unable to have the excess cash flow, this may be a time to consider getting another stream of income coming in. And it doesn't necessarily mean going to the mall and getting a part-time job, because as we know, retail is dying. Um, so there are, with the invention of the smartphone, uh, there's this thing called 4G. We're able to do all types of things on our computers and on our phones. Figure out a way for you to get a side hustle, another stream of income coming in that's going to be flexible with your schedule, that you can do at night, that you can do after the kids are asleep, that you can do on the weekend. And then you can use this extra money to um, build your cash reserves, your emergency money. You can use these extra uh, funds to replenish your emergency savings or even start it. You can use the the extra money to start paying down your debt. Um, you can also use it for a well-vetted business opportunity. So it's not just for savings, you know, saving money, having cash is to kind of take you to that next level. And then the eighth thing I want people to do is calculate your net worth. You should know that number. Your net worth is like your report card, okay? Uh, and your net worth is as simple as, as, as generating or calculating the difference between the things that you owe or own, excuse me, the things that you own. So your 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 house, the um, uh, if you have a shoe collection, uh, the assets that you have, the portfolios that you have, what's in your bank account, and then from that you're going to subtract your liabilities, what you owe. So you have what you own, your assets, and then you subtract out your liabilities, and that's going to give you your net worth number. And so that number is is very 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 important. So. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go into uh, the next stages of what we need to do with our uh, financial spring cleaning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Financial Renaissance with the M's. We have a great show today. We are still celebrating Financial Literacy Month. And this month is the month where we're going to take stock, take inventory. We're going to audit everything happening in our financial house get ourselves right, get ourselves prepared um, for what may come in our economy. Um, this morning, we are going to continue recapping uh, what we're supposed to be happening uh, for the past two weeks in your financial house. And um, in the studio today, we have a special guest, Herb McCoy from Fidelity Bank. Good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Good morning, Herb. <laughs> Tell us why you're here today. Um, well, Emma, I'm here today to uh, further the discussion about financial literacy. Naturally, financial literacy, I'm sure you guys have probably gone over this before, um, relates to just possession the skills to be able to manage your money. Therefore, you're able to kind of move forward and have a more quality life from beginning to end. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you, Herb. So in finishing our the, the past, the, uh, the last two steps that we need to do, step number nine is reviewing your debt situation. How much debt can you afford? Um, in general, freedom from consumer debt is a liberating thing. So this is one of the ways that you can regain control of what's happening in your financial uh, realm. And then the 10th the thing is to just set your priorities. Get real with yourself about what you want to do financially. When we return, we'll be back with Herb McCoy from Fidelity Bank. And you're back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We have a great show today. We are going to be talking about borrowing and lending and just giving back to our communities, building our communities, getting our financial uh, house in order. And for this week, the, the tips that I want to um, share with you, these are oldies but goodies. These are like samples. You know, Puff Daddy is, was, was famous for, for, for samples. We're going to sample some old tips for getting your financial house in order. And the, the step I want you to work on this week is setting smart financial goals. And I know you've heard smart <laughs> millions of times before. Uh, it's a rehash, you know, making sure your goal is specific, measurable, achievable, rewarding, and trackable. What do you think about that, Herb? Absolutely. Um, those goals and having those set as one of the trademarks in terms of moving forward and having some opportunity and some idea of how you're going to navigate through life. And so it's always good to have those goals. And um, when it comes to budgeting, especially um, being able to do that and starting with the budget, we find that most people do not have a budget. And oftentimes it's one of those topics that we tend to be afraid of or it's just too boring for us to engage in. It, you know, and to me, money, like, to, to say it's too boring, like, freaks me out because how can money be boring? Because to me, it's like little seedlings. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. you plant them and then you watch them grow. And one, one thing that has come up, and I don't know if you've heard of it, is something relatively new, is, you know, the budget is like a diet. Right. In the beginning of the year, everybody gets so geeked up and excited about following it and getting on track. But there's a new way of looking at budgeting. And of course, it's geared towards millennials. But if it's geared towards millennials, jump on it because they're doing things in a very, you know, very organized, you know, systematic approach. This is called passion budgeting, starting with what you love first. And then if you need to change some of the other stuff, you know, you change that up. If your house, if you, if your budget doesn't accommodate your house or your apartment, then maybe it's time to look at downsizing or shedding some other things. But starting with the things that you're passionate about first. Um, the, the 12th thing or the next thing I want people to focus on, and again, this is something rehashed, is setting, you know, short-term, medium-range, and long-term goals. And short-term goals is where um, your cash reserves comes in. You know, any goal that you have within the next 24 months, you want to make sure that you have some cash for that. That's right. Absolutely. We always suggest that. And um, you're mentioning those three different areas is where in setting your goals, it doesn't have to be one in which it's um, measurable that you can't reach. Um, you touched again about being smart about it. Um, oftentimes setting a goal whereas you have an emergency fund and you begin to save for that and put money in there for that and you can have other funds for more mid-range and long-term. Correct. And so your mid-range goals are going to be things that you want to accomplish within the next uh, two to five years. So you can do different things with those with those monies, but you want to start thinking about goals, you know, whether it's moving into a, a, another house for the school district that you want your kids to go to. And 
And then your longer term goals are going to be things that are going to happen, you know, five to 10 years out. And you can do different things with those monies as well. But you want to make sure that you've got a two year, you know, kind of a under two year goal, a five year goal and an after 10 year goal. And so when we um, coming up next, we're going to talk to Herb about working with Fidelity Bank and just the things that you need to do if you're a business owner, things that you should be thinking about as far as building relationships with bankers. We are back with Financial Renaissance with the M. Good morning. Good rainy morning to you. Hope everybody's out there being safe, driving, like you have some sense this morning. No rush, no rush. Uh, this morning, we're going to be giving you the tips that you need to develop, let's, to develop relationships with banks. I mean, everybody's doing stuff online, but I personally have, um, in the hard way, understood the value of having a relationship with an actual person, bank, or somebody that you can sit down with, look in the eye. <laughs> you know, your you know your everyday checking savings is fine, but then when it comes to business banking, when it comes to mortgages, when it comes to making sure people know who you are, um, do you do you feel that? you know, the, the role of, of banks kind of and where we are today has changed a little bit? Have we gone too far? What are your what are your thoughts? Well, uh, banking still is a relationship type industry and oftentimes it is driven by the consumer. But one thing that stays true to form is because banks are so regulated in terms of trying to protect the economy and keep banks going. So they do follow somewhat of a set of rules and they are going to use certain discretionary measures to make sure that um, they're lending uh, correctly. So what we can do as consumers when meeting with bankers, um, oftentimes I always say, identify what it is that you're seeking. What are your needs? Your needs should always be satisfied first versus wants. So make sure you always do that. And I'm sure, Emma, you've shared about a lot of needs that we have in terms of shelter and going and yeah. so forth um, versus the want. And so bankers tends to look at that and see how is this needed um, if you're coming in and you're looking for a loan and you're able to communicate um, a, a, a business plan, if you will, of what it is that you plan to do if you are asking for a loan. So let's talk about even before, um, because a lot of times, you know, as, as with most business owners, business owners are running by the seat of their pants all the time, myself included. And a lot of times we don't realize that, you know, we're like, I think I can make this work. I think I can make this work. I think I can make this work. Oh, I can't make this work. I need a loan. And so what are some things that business owners should do before even Absolutely. thinking, you know, even before thinking, okay, I don't know if I'm going to need a loan or not, but what are some things that people should do to prepare themselves to come in? Have that conversation quite honestly with um, someone that you can honestly talk with. And even if that person ends up being your banker, um, just having a general conversation of what it is that you're thinking about, you may not be at a point where as you're asking for a loan, but begin to develop and talk about your aspiration, your goals, what it is that you want to attempt to do. And so oftentimes because bankers are so involved in the community and they have so many resources, they may sometimes be able to connect you with others before, yeah, before so before you, you even need the loan, before, and that that is so important. And I'm going to go into our third tip, my third tip for um, cleaning your financial house this week, which has to do with debt, and especially consumer debt. You want to get rid of as much consumer debt as you as you possibly can. And there's different types of debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. And bad debt is consumer debt. That's when you're paying for stuff or you're charging up stuff 
uh, that you should be able to pay for out of pocket. So a vacation, charging a vacation on a credit card is not a bad thing, but you should pay for that when you get back within the next 30 days, 90 days max. If you can't, then maybe you shouldn't be taking that trip. So if you're, if you're charging clothes, if you're charging, you know, things, your wants, right, and debt, you, you need to eliminate that because when you do sit down in front of the bankers, you're going to kind of look at that. So student loan debt is okay. Yes. Home mortgages is okay. You need a car. That's yes. okay. But other than that, you kind of want to get rid of some of that debt, right? That's absolutely. <laughs> you you nailed it. Um, oftentimes, you know, that's what bankers are looking at. And that gives an idea of the five C's, if you will, when oh. you're looking to borrow as far as, you know, character, tell me, condition, tell me. Um, capacity, um, in terms of making um, a loan and being able to pay so back. So let's talk about that character thing because mm -hmm. I was once sitting in a room full of bankers that I was at a networking breakfast event and they said that, you know, um, you know, if you're in order for a bank to lend to you, they have to get to know you in this character thing. And I was thinking, wow, you know, my bank, you know, I bank at a couple of different banks. These people don't, they've never talked to me. They've never seen me. No one, when I walk in, nobody says, hi, Emma, good morning, good afternoon, Emma. Nobody says anything. Yes. So what do you, what do you think as far as, um, you know, community banking versus, say, these big, you know, national banks and getting lost in the sauce? You know, yes. why is it important? Why is community, why are community banks so important? Well, when you're talking about community banks, then naturally you're talking about um, a smaller um, business unit that's able to have the times to speak with their customers, to get to know them. They tend to be a little bit more involved in the community, and so they're going to have a little bit more time um, to discuss what is going on. On that character aspect, um, over time, if you talk like in a relationship, if you meet with each other, you get to know each other, you tend to know things about them, you tend to understand if things started going um, sideways or you need help, um, are they going to run away from the problem or going to try to hide from it or are they going to come face to face and deal with it? And so that's part of that character, having a strong character of taking care of your obligations and responsibilities, regardless of how difficult they become. Yeah, and I think, I think that that's something people get afraid that, you know, oh, I've made a mistake and we all make mistakes. If you're a business, if you're a business owner, you made a mistake mistake the day you quit your W-2 job because everything else, I mean, to me, mistakes are how you learn. Yes. You know, mistakes are kind of what makes you, gives you that moxie and makes you who you are. If you go, if you think you can go through life as a business owner without bumping your head, you are sadly mistaken. But I think having a banker, you know, a personal relationship with a banker can guide you. You know people are going to mess up, but just tell them, how do you fix it? How do we fix it after we've made a mistake? We've overextended ourselves. We, we bought too much inventory. We didn't buy enough inventory. We, you know, lost our biggest customer. You know, just I think having that conversation with the banker and somebody that actually knows who you are and knows what you're about, knows what your family about is about. Because, you know, if you, if, to me, if, if, a, if you're talking to two people and you know that somebody has kids and they've got a family and there are a lot of people relying on them, you look at them differently, you know? It's, 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 it's a, um, I think it definitely should be a relationship thing. What are you guys doing, what is your bank doing to get people to understand the values of community banking? Well, oftentimes, naturally, we have financial literacy that we go into and we start really young. We start going into schools. We attend to go to um, colleges and also um, different centers, wherever we're invited and we have an opportunity to go and speak. Because banking in the end um, is that we know that we're banking, but also we get our thrill from 
connecting with the community, connecting with people, understanding what it is that people are going through, whether the excitement about the job or what's the excitement about the business venture that they're engaging in, that gets us excited. If there's any way that we can play a part in assisting with that, then that's a banker, especially a community bankers. That's their mantra is to be a part of that and to help you succeed. Now, how has your bank, in my industry, I'm in the financial services industry, and FINRA and the Securities and Exchange Commission, I feel, are still, you know, trapped in the 20th century. And, you know, with this tax season that, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, at the last minute, do people need to open up IRAs and, you know, drop something, some monies in to get a little bit of a deduction? And one of the things that's tripping us up is checks check writing <laughs> and young people not owning checks and so how do you get how do you get this check into the bank or into your investment account by the 50 you know and, and so so what is your what are you guys doing as far as keeping up with technology and being able to meet uh, the these younger generations more technology technologically savvy generations where they're at? Um, certainly, you know, like any business, you kind of follow the consumer and where is the consumer taking you and what are the uh, requests that they are having. So when it comes to actually the checks, yes, the checks are few and far between because of electronic. And oftentimes, this day and age, we want things much quicker and faster. And so obtaining your money faster through electronic means tends to be um, the wave of the future. Yeah, even parenting now is done electronically. Like one of the tips I had to give about, you know, making your your kids financially astute was, parents, you need to get with get with these these mobile apps that the kids are on. Stop giving them cash, and it helps you track what they're doing with their money. Absolutely, I it love does. it. I absolutely love it because it, it does. <laughs> and with community banking, oftentimes we tend to um, allow kids to start with the checking account much sooner if there's a custodian on there, it's a parent on there, and that way they can begin to teach them And sooner. see, that is very important because another tip that I mentioned was that kids need to learn to pay a bill, okay? Yes. And so most children have a cell phone. Yes. And so one of the things that you can always do with your child, you open up a bank account, and, you know, they if they're getting an allowance, and we've talked about allowances for kids, we don't believe in that, they should earn the money. Um, but from some of that, you can give them their portion of your cell phone bill and their cell phone bill and let them pay it. If they don't pay it, you know, they have to learn how to pay bills. A lot of kids are getting to college. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to do laundry. And they don't know how to pay bills. And we're expecting people to all of a sudden just fall into lock and step. And, that, and that's not how it's happened. Um, one of the terms that I heard um, from someone was underbanked and unbanked, and I'd never heard those terms before. And then when we spoke, you mentioned it again, and I thought, man, I, I really need to understand that terminology. Yes. So can you explain to our viewers and our listeners what underbanked is? So um, certainly, uh, I always say um, underbanked, um, also unhappily banked is a, right. another aspect of it. But in terms of the unbanked or underbanked is meaning that they do not use a um, mainstream financial institution. Okay. So therefore, the unbanked, they tend, and the underbanked, they tend to maybe use um, some of the other means, such as um, payday lenders, such as um, check cashing locations. So those predatory, it's, so unbanked means that you're in an area where there aren't banks. 
Is that it, or am I, or is that The vast majority, but you can be almost anywhere and be unbanked, but the vast majority of people we found live at the poverty line or just below it, if you will, and many of um, our working class blue collar. But those are the people that need it, need help the most, and it seems like the the financial services that are available to them are you know charging them high interest rates and high fees and taking it you know p- playing this bait and switch with them. And I must admit that tends to be a misnomer out there in terms of thinking of that. Okay. Um, oftentimes, just with a little bit of money and a little bit more financial literacy, you can have a checking account without paying any fees whatsoever. It's just a matter of not going over, following the rules, and understanding that. Yeah. Now share this if you're finding. If you're finding this conversation valuable, go ahead and share this link with your family on Facebook. We are dropping gems, financial gems today on Financial Renaissance with the M's. And when we come back, Herb McCoy will be answering or talking to us about those five C's of uh, lending again. This is big business. This is the American Don't just sing the song. Do it. And we're here to help with Smart Talk from programs like this. Your nation's urban station. Online on SSNATL.com. Nothing boring about this show today. Financial Renaissance with the M's. And we are here with our special guest, Herb McCoy. And we are exploring the most beneficial ways to interact with your local banks. We're talking about community banking today because community banks also reinvest in the communities, right? So there is a a role that banks are supposed to play in our communities. Would you like to share, touch on that a little bit with us? Absolutely. In the end, as everyone knows, that banks come into a community and they take your um, deposits, if you will, and they tend to use your deposits to assist with making loans. Now with that, also it includes that we have to give back to the community. So with all of that, um, we tend to find um, whatever organizations that are within the community that comes to the bank that ask for assistance, that give us an idea of how we can participate, we tend to collaborate with those. Now is it, you said we have to, is it mandated? It is Community Reinvestment Act. So in the end, long story short, is that it's somewhat mandated that all banks, if they're in a community, they must participate within that community. So should people walk into their bank and say, can you tell me a little bit about your community reinvestment program? They can do that. They should do that. (laughs) (laughs) If you are are putting your hard-earned dollars into a bank, you want to know what they're doing to help the community and communities around you. Um, There are a lot of, you know, opportunities uh, out there. I know um, uh, I've, I've been watching, you know, your I actually used to work in the same building with your bank um, on Piedmont Road. Yes. <laughs> my first, my first job in the uh, second job in the industry, I was with American Express Financial Advisors, and we were on the first floor and the seventh floor, I think, in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, when, so I got to see the line all the time. But we talked to a lot of people, and they talked about community stuff. Um, and this was right after the uh, dot com bubble bust burst or whatever. Yes. And, um, but yeah, it, it's pretty impressive as to what banks should be doing. Um, with communities, helping out the students, helping out schools, and then also making sure that structurally the communities are sound and giving loans so that 
you know, you can work in your community. One of the things that I pride myself on, me and my wife, is we try to buy within our community. So, you know, we try to do everything that we can within our community because it's not, you know, it's very easy to go online and order stuff and buy stuff, but we want to make sure that, you know, the kids in our neighborhood have jobs at the grocery store, that, you know, the dry cleaners that's in our neighborhood, that lives in our neighborhood, you know, stays in our neighborhood, yes. things, things of that nature. Yes. Um, so we talked a little bit about the five C's, right? Yes. And what are those again? Again, they are character, capacity, conditions, collateral, and capital. And in a nutshell, we mentioned about character and who you are during the good times and bad. Capacity is going to be more or less um, what else you have to, in order to assist if it um, becomes relatively difficult. Conditions, what are the markets? Collateral, what it is that we're borrowing on, be it a car, be it for the business inventory. And capital, again, um, what additional sources do you have if you need it? All right. On the way, we're going to be jumping into how to make your kids um, your financially responsible. And then we're going to continue with her. We're going to also talk about uh, the future of banking when we return on Financial Renaissance with the M's. You use tearless baby shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Homewalk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, God. Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet. Fingerling. Yukon Gold. Uh, why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. SSNATL.com is a Radio 2 Atlanta station, which provides a daily mix of awesome hits with smart talk. For the smarter listener, your choice just became clear. SSNATL.com, radio that's not dumbed down. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's, and we are talking about the five ways to clean your financial house this week. We're talking about spring cleaning, getting your finances in order. And the fourth step that I want people to 
um, to work on, and this is actually going to touch on the um, on the unbanked also, because when you're planning for your budget, when you're planning for your finances, you have to expect the unexpected. Okay, so you're going to plan for, you know, to retire at a certain age. You're going to plan to have, you know, X number of dollars in your bank account. You're going to make all types of plans, but then life happens. And you always have to expect the unexpected. And that's why having that short-term emergency money is so important. Muy, muy, muy importante. You have to have that set aside. There are a lot of people who, you know, for reasons, you know, not for by them doing anything wrong per se, other than being, you know, getting caught off guard. And we can even look back to the government shutdown. The government shutdown caught me off guard by the numbers of people, and it wasn't even 30, a full, it was a little bit more than 30 days, but the numbers of people that had to go to food banks. And then start, as, as you're thinking about that, if people are now at their, at their end, it was right after the holidays, um, are you bouncing checks? and what's happening in your checking account. So what happens to someone who becomes unbanked um, because they've, you know, had things happen to them in their lives, whether it's a loss of job or extensive medical expenses, what can people who are unbanked do to get back into the banking system? In terms of um, oftentimes going through those struggles, um, somewhat coming up with a plan and, again, sharing that with the banker, most people that have gotten their records um, to follow them, if you will, because if you leave a bank and you leave owing money, then there tends to be a record there. From a credit standpoint, there's record. From banking standpoint, NSF, you closed an account and the account was charged off. That's going to follow you, not on your credit, but basically on the checking account and within the banking industry. Um, explaining that, that popping up when you go to open up an account, you may have the banker tell you this shows up that you owe X with the particular bank. Being prepared to share that story, what happened, what went on, and how long it's been will um, come close to your getting over that and starting over again. Do you ever recommend that people um, say they've messed up their credit? Do you ever recommend like secured credit cards and things like that for people to get themselves back on track? Um, secured credit cards, again, may sometimes include a fee, but oftentimes because you're trying to get back on your feet, it may be an option for you if you need that and just that security of not carrying in cash around. And so secured credit cards is, is a way to get back into the banking system and prove that, hey, I've, I've you know, kind of, you know, bumped my head, I've fallen down, I'm standing back up, I'm strong. So, for instance, let's say, you know, you have $250 or $500, you give it to the bank, they give you a, a credit card for a balance of, you know, less than that, a little bit less than that amount, I assume, and then you just pay it back. Now, the money that you gave them, it's going to sit there and earn a little bit of interest, and at some point you'll get that back, but it's kind of securing um, what you're charging on the credit card just in case you don't pay it back. Then the bank will take, you know, basically whatever your balance is. So that's a good way of, of looking at, um, of getting back into the banking system as well. Herb, are there, let's talk a little bit about the future of banking, yes. if you will. You yes. know, um, you know, we mentioned the millennials, we mentioned just a lot of changes. Are there, you know, certain things that we shouldn't expect to change? And what are some of the things that we, you know, should expect to change? Um, the things that we are seeing right now that's changing and continuing to develop um, would be the online banking, the mobile banking, and just banking period online, if you will. 
Um, so therefore, that has caused the industries to shrink when it comes to tellers. If you think back, it went to ATMs, automatic teller machines, that shrunk the tellers. Then we went on to online banking, doing a lot of banking online from your home in your comfort right there. Then it moved on to the mobile app. It's on the app. It's right there. It's quick. It's fast. Transferring money, moving money. Um, so that is going to continue to develop. And I foresee banking actually getting to a point where there will be additional options provided for you um, based upon your history because analytical data is out there and people track that. People understand you personally. Banking will become more personalized for the individuals. So what do you mean it. analytic? Now you're scaring me. <laughs> so what do you mean by analytic, analytical if data? It, if you're using technology, there's no way around Yeah, there's no, there, there's no more privacy. We need to get over that, right? Absolutely. Okay, so there's, there's analytics out there that talk about your patterns. Yes. Um, what you spend on, how you enjoy money, you know, what you, how you behave in crunch situations, things like that. Are yes. you, is it two o'clock in the morning? Are, you, are you taking money out of the ATM? <laughs> what part of town are you in? <laughs> All that's being tracked. <laughs> oh man. And, and, and so, and with that, with us knowing that this is going to continue to grow, to develop, and the idea is to make it simple for you. So what's not going to change is when we talk about the customer service aspect with that. Let's say that you used to go in and you used to visit, tell her she knows your name, say hello, and now you don't. So the customer service becomes how quickly can I do the things I need to do online or mobily? Is it inhibiting me from get to what I need to do. If it's fantastic, it's popping up, it's always online, it's not down, you may consider that great customer service at that point. But how do we how do we even rate customer service? And again, maybe I'm not a millennial. Okay, so let's let's start there. I'm not a millennial. Um, but to me, if you're not going into the branches anymore, you know, isn't there kind of a disconnect? Or is the or is the connection the customer service based on how fast? To your point, how fast things are getting done. Oftentimes for your everyday banking, um, using electronic means is easier. If it's going to be a major purchase, that's where it comes and you want to sit eyeball to eyeball with okay, someone yeah, and, you're and right, get that comfort right. level. But if it's yes. everyday transactions, um, then it's going to be how quickly can I do this? If I ask for it, is it happening right then and there? Yeah. Um, that's where the customer service is rated. And so and with that customer service and with this, we talk about security. So security, how in it's the security of the network right. that becomes an important piece. So that right. part never changes, right? So data encryption. So data encryption. So we say customer service, security doesn't change, if you will. And the last thing that I'll point out that just simply would not change would be the integrity and the honesty that's built between you and your client. Okay, so let's 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 touch on that a little bit. And let's touch on, you know, to me, banks can serve one master. Okay. So it's either gonna be the shareholders or who else? Or the consumer. Or the consumer. So when I'm looking for banks, and I've, I've, I ran away from major banks during the recession, and not because of anything that I did, but I, I saw the treatment, things that were happening to my clients. And again, these were good people who just kind of, you know, nobody expected the housing market, well, I shouldn't say no one, but people didn't expect the housing market to crash the way that it crashed. Yes. Okay. We knew something was going to happen. We were expecting 10%. You know, that's what I was gearing everybody up for. Oh, we're going to have a 10% correction. <laughs> and man, we got walloped. But there were people, good people, and that, that had great relationships with their banks. And 
to me, a lot of those banks just literally turned their backs on them. And it was, you know, I'm a very moral and ethical person, and I'm like, man, when, when you know, we needed you the most, you turned your backs on us. Yes. So talk about, you know, community banking, and again, the values of, of a community bank versus kind of a bank that's run by shareholders. Yeah. Historically, Emma, I have to go back to the point of when um, buying real estate and banks and starting new banks was almost a business within itself. You could start a bank and after a certain period of time sell that bank or at least some bigger bank would come and, and look to buy that up. and yeah. eat that up. And so that was just a profit generating um, industry from that standpoint. And so when the crash occurred and the bubble popped, um, all that went to an end. And that's when a lot of stricter regulation came in. And so in terms of trying to protect the consumer from this happening again, that did come forth. Um, although I'm in community bank, I also recommend um, if um, uh, credit unions are good. So when you talk about stakeholders, the stakeholders are the consumers uh, when it comes to credit unions. Correct. So I give them credence and I give them a lot of credit um, for being able to offer that options to customers. Yeah, I, I, I bank with and, and actually I left a big bank that I'd had since I was, you know, 16. I'm from, I, at the time I was living in Southern California and, um, you know, the company that started ATM cards, like I was one of the first people with an ATM card and, you know, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say one of the first with an ATM card. One of my first, one of the, out of my friends, I was the first with the ATM card. And maybe you were one more comfortable in using it because well, ATMs are out there and a lot of people weren't comfortable when they first came out. I mean, but uh, this was 1987. This was exciting. Like, oh, I can access my mom's account by just sticking, I can go to the groceries. You know, yes. it was it was something new. So, so. you were the millennial then. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> living, I was living in New York and moved to California, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I could do whatever I want, you know. Yes. Um, but I, I, think, I think, you know, credit unions I ended up moving towards because I wanted to make sure that I was with um, a, a an ins financial institution that cared about the people. You know, and like I said, I was just, you know, I think a lot of people in the financial services industry suffer from PTSD from the first <laughs> recession. Yes. Um, so for me, it was, you know, I need to know that if, if anything ever happens to me, that these people actually care about me and not the size of my account. You yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. So next up on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we are going to talk with Herb uh, McCoy about giving back and the collaborations between the banking industry and nonprofit organizations. Everybody successful lays a blueprint out. We laid the blueprint out. I stayed true to my dreams. And by doing that, eventually it came true. A lot of times, you know, it's like in life, right? Life brings like drama and you gotta deal with this person and then funky relationship here and all these things. You try and just kind of balance them out as best I can. Make a choice. Right? You just decide what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. Just decide. And then from that point. The universe is going to get out Everybody your way. Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what real beasts do. Unleash your beast. If you have the questions, we have the answers. Right. Go to SSNATL.com and click on the contact tab. As much as you like. We're the nation's urban station online. SSNATL.com. Live on Sensation 
Station Network. If you are watching us on Facebook, please go ahead and throw some comments in. Um, you can also catch me on Twitter at Emma Knows Money, on Instagram at Emma Knows Money. Uh, what's the other one? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those at Emma Knows Money. And, um, and at Financial Renaissance um, with the M's, we're on Facebook and we're on um, Instagram as well. And on Twitter at M's Said It, E-M-M-S Said It. And again, um, we are here with Herb McCoy from Fidelity Bank. And Herb, I have a question. We're going to talk about giving back and the importance of giving back. Um, and to me, giving back happens in a couple of ways. You know, um, even if you don't have the financial extra or excess to give back, people can give back by volunteering. Absolutely. Right. Yes. And is it a requirement that you're that the employees of the bank volunteer? Is that like wired in or? Um, certainly that's communicated and that is encouraged. Strongly suggested? Strongly suggested. <laughs> and so, and if you're doing that and you find a particular organization that you're involved with and you need to raise money, then oftentimes your company will participate with you in that. Oh, really? So if, if one of your employees really had a good cause and the bank, you know, heard about it, they would, you guys would jump in? Yes, we would jump in and assist with that. It, okay. It can be from branch level on up to corporate level. Now, why is giving back, you know, um, so important? Um, well, we're back into being a participant within that community, and we want to be known as a partner in there, not just taking away from the community, but giving back and making sure that community strives. Now, do you recommend that people, you know, depending on, you know, your level, do you recommend that it's something that people incorporate into their financial overall being, well-being? I can tell you it will never hurt um, to do that. But one thing about nonprofit, and I have to admit, is that oftentimes you're serving so many different stakeholders, um, from the volunteers to the partners to the recipients. And it is not always easy work. No, it, it is not. I, I sit on, I think, I sit on one board now. Um, and and it is a lot of work, especially if there's not an executive. And I, that's a whole other <laughs> whole other gamut. But it for me, um, I give back where I can. I give back where I can teach financial literacy. I yes. give back where I can help um, you know move my community in a different direction or, yes. or you know attract attention to it. So what we talked a little bit about you know your employees and. And the fact that they are strong, it is strongly mandated that they, you know, do something from the heart yes. um, for the community. What is Fidelity Bank doing uh, with nonprofit organizations? Are you guys collaborating with local nonprofits? We, or? We, we, we oftentimes collaborate with many of the local nonprofits. Um, I, I'm afraid to start naming. Uh, no, you don't have to I name. Yeah, because you're going to leave someone out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't want to do that, but it's just across the board throughout metropolitan Atlanta. And so it's again, not just the big, uh, the big no, box names that we see commercials not. for. It's so it'll be the, not. and I don't want to say mom and pop, but the smaller, the smaller, the smaller doing, you know, that are touching. Yeah, you know. oftentimes that you give to those smaller when they tend to touch a lot more, yeah. more directly, more quickly. Yeah, there's yes. not a lot of layers there. Not a lot of layers. So Absolutely. that money, you know, that money goes, goes straight to them. goes straight to the recipients, which I love. I um, next week we're going to have um, a couple of nonprofits in, you know, that um, and again, it's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, scholarships and financial literacy. You know, it is Financial Literacy Month. So whatever we can do to um, let the community know, you know, you need to, the right things to do with your money. 
Um, knowing is half the battle, they say, or at least yes. they say that on the cartoons yes. <laughs> in the morning. You know, knowing is half the battle. That's what I used to learn. Yes. So listen up. On today's show, we are talking about building better relationships with community banks. We will be back with Herb McCoy in 300 seconds. The world is changing. That way, you use tearless baby shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes you make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges you always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot you taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off you make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle you put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Homewalk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. Organized. I think I understand. Oh, God. Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet. Fingerling. Yukon uh, Gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Viola Davis. Did you know that one in five kids in America struggle with hunger? Growing up, I was one of those kids. But we can solve this. When we make breakfast happen for kids in our neighborhood, we have the power to end childhood hunger, create bigger, brighter school days, and healthier minds and bodies. Go to hungeris.org and lend your time or your voice. We're hungry for more. A message from the Albertsons Companies Foundation and the Entertainment Industry Foundation. has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. Energizing a nation, one listener at a time. It's SSNATL.com. Radio that's not dumbed down. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. What a great show. We are talking about borrowing, lending, and giving back. 
we're talking about banking and the role that banks have in our communities. And we're also talking about our five financial tips to spring clean your financial house this month. It is Financial Literacy Month. And our last tip for this week is securing your financial future. Now, a lot of us, a lot of people are going to be behind on their financial goals for a number of different reasons, but one of the things I want to tell you is you're not alone. Uh, the country, we are in a, a, a middle-class crisis right now, so I want you to think about ways that you can help your future. So if that means getting a roommate, um, um, coming up with another source of income, fixing up your basement so that you can rent it out, get creative on the things that you can do to bring in extra money, but you don't want to invest too aggressively if that's not what your financial certified financial planner tells you to do. Now, as far as banking, we learned a lot about banking today, and thank you, Herb, for you know, kind of digging down sure with thing. us. So some of the things that I want you to remember about banking are to knowing what your expectations of the bank that you, you know, where you put your hard-earned money with, what their, what the expectations of that bank should be. And the one thing I would always tell you to ask people, it, you know, if you walk into a bank and you're looking at opening up an account or if you're chatting with someone, because that's how people open accounts now, is ask them about their community reinvestment. What are they doing to enrich the community that you live in? And then if you're looking at um, making a major purchase, like getting a mortgage, a home equity line, or even borrowing money for business, you want to go into a branch and look at a person face-to-face -face because, you know, again, character. How are they going to know your character by how fast you type? <laughs> you know, 140 characters, 240 characters. It's not going to work. And then the last thing we want you to do when it comes to banking is work on your credit. Yes. And you want to tell us a little bit about why is credit so important? Yeah, um, credit certainly is a tool, and it's one of those tools that's in your tool belt of life. And I've always broken credit down by being the C is to carry a balance and only borrow what it is you're able to pay back. Um, the R is for records. Records will follow you, so you want to make sure you keep a good track record of that so you can borrow the next time. The E is for errors. Always look for opportunity to see if there's a mistake on your records, uh, stuff that's following you, and make sure that that's cleared up. Um, D is developing a budget to be able to pay that back, be able to know that you're going to pay it back. Sometimes people borrow and they already know they have the money to pay it back. They just slowly build yeah. that credit, if you will. And the I is information. Information is power. And so you need to make sure you keep it secure and don't give out information that you shouldn't. Oftentimes, there's people calling you asking for pertinent information. Did you call them? If they call you, you know, be hesitant to give out that information. And finally, the T is talk to your banker. Come in and talk to your financial representative or banker. All you did was reiterate everything I've been saying, and it is so beautiful. Check that credit report. So, Herb, question, I, I want to ask a question of you. Um, if you were, if you could go back in time yes. and you could sit down with your 25-year-old self, yes. right? Yes. What would you tell your 25-year-old self today about the future? Um, or just about life? It may sound a little bit boring, but it would be Herb, develop ability to save versus spend. One of the first things we do when we're born and we begin to grow is that as early as two or three years old, we know how to spend. I want. <laughs> Give me McDonald's. <laughs> Absolutely. French fries. So learning how to, to save and to hold true to that savings um, will take you a very long way in being able to do that. Now, I don't know if you were a young person when you were young. Did you have a lot of credit card debt? Or did you get caught in the credit card trap in college? Um, I 
did not, okay, um, and simply because, um, to be honest with you, I was somewhat afraid and always looked at how can I pay this back. So I, I came from... You were an um, anomaly, <laughs> is what they call it. I understand, <laughs> because in college, certainly you have friends that work for the credit card company, offering credit cards, and for college students, they send them out. Um, like Tic Tacs. Hey, it's in the books. You know, when I was in college, you know, you get your, your books, and in the bookstore bag, there were all these, you know, credit cards. You need to help for, with paying for your books? Here, fill this out. And it's yes. like, oh, you can buy stereo. And, you yes. know. So now there are kids in college now. And um, the young people that are in college now that are trying to make a decision, you know, they've got a lot of decisions to make. And I, I feel that we don't give them enough credit for the magnitude of the things that they have to deal with in today's world. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to say that it, it's hard, it was harder when we were young, younger. And I don't really feel that. Um, I feel that the, the young people today, they have no way of really working their way through school like we may have had the ability to do. Um, there are a lot of, you know, there's social, there's a lot of things that you're kind of weighing down on them. And a lot of them also saw their parents go through the financial recession. Okay, and were impacted by the financial recession. So they're trying to make decisions about what they should do with the next steps of their lives. What advice would you give to a young person that's trying to decide what path, you know, what path do I go on for my in my future? Um, certainly try and stay true to yourself, what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that you want to do, because oftentimes it will not seem like work if you are fortunate enough to be able to do that. But also definitely live within your means. It's not oftentimes how much you make, it's how much you keep of what you make. Uh, make yourself a priority. We're back to the saving aspect. Treat yourself as if you are a bill. So pay into yourself and make sure you just do that constantly, regardless of what the dollar amount. Just take a percentage of that. I don't care what it is. And um, you'll find that'll take you a long way. Thank you, Herb. Thank you. Those were financial gems still to come. Emma Knows Money is focusing on the next generation uh, and the younger generation. I'm going to be giving tips uh, to make the kids in your life understand and appreciate the value of the dollar coming up on Financial Renaissance with the M's. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda, that's $10,012. Please drive around. 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you coaching? Everybody's a coach these days. I get it. Life coach, relationship coach, financial coach. But you want to be a coach with integrity. So get certified and do it the right way. Or add coaching to the work that you already do. Join a cohort or take classes at your own pace. We have knowledgeable instructors. We have a life-changing curriculum. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com to learn more. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve! It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single, 
boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers. People who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Coming to Tampa Bay, I said we want to win the Super Bowl, and I believe we will. From IamSecond.com, we came close, but never really did win that championship. Former NFL head coach Tony Dungy. At the end of my sixth year, I was fired, and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Next year, I'm in Indianapolis, get to the playoffs, but get knocked out again. And for the next couple of years, it's the same thing. Everyone is saying Colts are never going to win one. And I did wonder why didn't it pan out the way I thought it would. But I determined that I had to have Christ first, and that everything else came below that, including my own desires. The next year, that ended up being our year to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Every decision I make, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he got us to that ultimate victory. I'm Tony Dungeon, and I am second. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. with the M's. You are spending your Sunday morning with us and we are dropping financial knowledge. Uh, we're going to be talking about financial tips for kids, but first we're going to talk about my financial movers and losers for the week. So let's start with our financial um, uh, movers. Disney, if you have Disney stock in your 401k, so within the mutual funds that you have within your retirement plans, um, or if your kids own Disney, I know I'm a, a big proponent of um, getting my clients to teach their kids about investing and investing in stuff that they're familiar with. And Disney is always one of those companies. So Disney was up 11.5% this week. Now, Disney also released last week um, that they their streaming service, how much it was going to cost, and all the wonderful Marvel <laughs> movies and, and programming that's going to be available. Um, I was originally saying, no, I'm not messing with Disney, Disney streaming service, but... Um, 
I'll have to talk to the wife about that. I'm, I'm, I'm on notice. Uh, and then Dow Inc. Uh, was up 6.2% this week. J.P. Morgan Chase, they are in the news a lot over the last few weeks. They're up 4.7%. And then Boeing, um, believe it or not, is up 2.6%. And then Goldman Sachs is up 2.5%. And then our losers for this week are United Health Group. Uh, they're down by about 5%. Um, Chevron Corporation is down um, about 4.9%, and Pfizer Inc. is down 1.3%. ExxonMobil, another uh, oil and gas company, down 1.3%, and then Merck and Company is down uh, a half a percent. So that that's barely, 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 barely moving. Now, there are some, um, you know, here at Financial Renaissance, we have our own early recession warning indicators. And you may have heard about this a few weeks ago, about the 10-year Treasury inverting with the three-month Treasury. Well, the real number that tells us whether or not we're heading um, into a recession is the 10-year and the two-year. So the 10-year Treasury ended the week at 2.56%, and the two-year Treasury note ended at 2.39%. So we're about a tenth 20th of a percent difference between those two numbers. So you want to keep your ears and eyes open for that. And again, we've been talking about saving money, building your cash reserves. Like, I don't know what else to say, but some, the storm is a coming. The storm is a coming. We don't know when. We won't know when until we're in it. Again, I will not be on air going, uh, the uh, recession is going to start tomorrow. That's not what. That's not how it happens. Usually, we're in the recession before we realize we're in the recession, then and then there's a ripple effect. So remember, pay attention to that ten-year, two-year Treasury um, numbers. Now, let's jump into my top five financial stories of this week, and. Um, top five stories that I am looking at is Green Lane Holding. This is a company out of Boca Raton, Florida, and they sell cannabis products, um, vapes and accessories like the little papers and pipes and all this stuff. And, you know, so you may be asking yourself the same thing I asked myself, how in the heck is this company about to go public? I thought that marijuana and cannabis was illegal. Um, to my knowledge, it's, on the state level, it may be legal, but on the federal level, you know, banks aren't touching it. It's still federally against the law. So why is this company likely to be approved? It's because Green Lane does not touch the plant. They don't touch it. They make the stuff to touch it. So because they don't touch the plant, they don't distribute marijuana, they don't sell marijuana. Um, so they're on the right side. They're not, you know drug trafficking or racketeering according to how federal the federal government is still looking at marijuana. So Green Lane I'm looking at because they're about to uh, do their, their IPO, um, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed to see what's going to happen with that. I feel like it's only a matter of time uh, with Green Lane. And so the other thing looking at with, with, with Green, <laughs> Green Lane, there's other um, ETFs. There's, um, there are other companies that deal with the marijuana industry. Um, however, Green Lane is looking like, you know, hey, they are on the right side of it. They're doing the right things with it. They're going about it the right way. And I think that they are just going to be the drop in the bucket. And we're going to see a whole lot of other things to come after Green Lane goes public. All right. And then the second story that I'm following this week is going to be Facebook. And you'll hear me talk about Facebook a lot. Facebook is an oldie but goodie. Facebook is like that teenager, that teenager that you have at home that just won't do right. Like you leave them home alone for the week and you're like, hey, 
don't touch my car. And you even put a little, you know, chalk mark. And some of you know about this, you know, leave my sports car alone. And you put the little chalk mark on the ground, put a little chalk mark on the tire. And that kid still takes it. Well, you know, parents just don't, and, and parents just don't understand news. Cisco was uh, out there doing their digging. And they ended up finding dozens of open air groups that were peddling cyber crimes to almost 400,000 Facebook users. And in a blog on Cisco's website called Hiding in Plain Sight, they identified 74 groups on Facebook that were doing all types of back alley, shady dealings and illegal activities over the past few months. And while I was shocked that it was in plain sight because I'm thinking of my nieces and nephews and what is it that they're being exposed to on Facebook, um, but I think the markets, we the people, I think are just over being surprised and outraged by Facebook's antics. And that's even shown in their stock price because their stock price has remained numb to their bad behavior. In 250 seconds, continuing um, with my top five stories uh, for the week on financial renaissance with the M's. Party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Oh, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I could really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, Dad. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE Super. Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. If you're looking for that matchup, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station sensation station network. Already coaching? Everybody's a coach these days. I get it. Life coach, relationship coach, financial coach. But you want to be a coach with integrity. So get certified and do it the right way. Or add coaching to the work that you already do. Join a cohort or take classes at your own pace. We have knowledgeable instructors. We have a life-changing curriculum. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com to learn more. We're back to the mix. It's like that. So make sure you share us with your friends at Not Dumb Down on Facebook or SSNATL on IG. More music, less glitch at SSNATL.com. And we are building our financial houses this morning. Financial knowledge seekers on financial renaissance with the M's. And I am talking about my top five news stories of the week. Um, the IRS. Uh, what if I told you that there is $1.4 billion just kind of sitting there in unclaimed tax refunds? Would you believe me? 
you should believe me. I never tell an untruth on the air. Well, most of the time. But the the uh, IRS is, has set a deadline. If you have not filed your 2015 tax returns, you have until tomorrow to file your tax returns. So there have there are over 1 million tardy taxpayers who still have not filed their 2015 tax returns. And literally this 1.4 billion dollars if it is not claimed will end up back in the Federal Reserve. Or excuse me, back in the Treasury, not the Federal Reserve. Those are two different things. So if taxpayers miss the deadline, um, the unclaimed money, as I mentioned, will revert to the Treasury Department. Um, there is a three-year time limit to claim a refund. There's no penalty for filing a late return if the IRS owes you money. So make sure that you, you know, if you need to get online tonight, fill out that 1040 yourself, um, go ahead and do that. But this is your last chance to get your refund from 2015, your 2015 tax return. Um, now, if you need help with that, there you can go to irs.gov and... Um, and there will be some instructions on getting the 1040 forms and the documents that you need from 2015. Um, you can also call the IRS. If you go to irs.gov online, you can uh, look up the information, go ahead and contact them, reach out to them, and ask them what it is that you need to do to claim this money so that it doesn't go back to the Treasury. They're playing with enough money. Now, the next story that I'm following has to do with my favorite group of people, the millennials. And I love the millennials because... You know, millennials are, remind me of the baby boomers. Actually, the millennials are larger than the baby boomer generation, okay? So we have a new force to be reckoned with. And the millennials I love because of their attitude. And millennials right now are not conforming to illogical traditions and norms, okay? This is what happens when you let your kids play with Google and, you know, they have access to everything on smartphones. They get a lot smarter and they start looking at things. And the, the, the news story has to do with the fact that millennials are not buying large, elaborate houses um, that boomers once had or that boomers are owning. So we've got states, you know, the states where we have, you know, a lot of boomers living in the warmer states like your Floridas, your Arizonas, the Carolinas. Um, the Wall Street Journal has reported last week that millennials don't want to buy baby boomers sprawling estates. So if you've got like this 4,000 square foot home and you're planning on downsizing and you're out in the burbs, you're not going to get a young family to pick it up. Younger families now, younger people today are looking for uh, places where they can uh, work, live, eat, relax, where they can walk to the grocery store, where they can walk to their dry cleaners, where they're, they can, you know, be more ingrained with their, um, uh, with their community. So what ends up happening, if you have selling your house as part of your retirement plan, part of your financial plan, um, you need to talk to your financial advisor because a lot of these homes are ending up sitting on the market um, and they're selling at massive price cuts. So if you were planning on getting, you know, making an extra two hundred, three hundred thousand on your home and putting that into retirement savings, you're going to need to reevaluate that. And so this is the time to, you know, after tax season, you know, after tomorrow, you need to, you know, reach out to your CFP and say, hey, we may need to rethink my downsizing because you may not have, there may not be a buyer for the home that you have. So millennials are not interested in big homes. They're not interested in the maintenance of large homes. They're not interested in the style and the location of homes that are not in these urban city areas. And, um, and 
one of the other things is that it's very hard for millennials to buy their homes um, at all. You know, from a credit standpoint, um, they have a lot of student loan debt. They may not be earning as much. So it's, it's going to be very, very difficult for millennials to, to, to buy the homes that baby boomers had. Um, and quite frankly, they're just not interested. <laughs> they're just not interested in those homes at all. So my fifth story, and I'm starting to think I have a secret financial crush on Jamie Dimon. Um, but he keeps putting himself front and center. So I don't know why he's doing this. But I think he was considering um, dropping his name into the presidential candidate stew. Um, but much like Howard Schultz, uh, last week he kind of fell flat on his face. So if you remember uh, last week, I brought up Jamie Dimon and his, you know, him writing the, the second longest um, um, shareholders letter at 46 pages. It was more like a manifesto. And in this annual letter, he did his proverbial finger wagging at the Wall Street, you know, um, in financial institutions and at big banks. And he talked about income inequality and student loan debt and all these things that were really hurting our society and, and messing up our economy. Well, then he had to go to Washington, and he had to talk um, in front of Washington, uh, in front of these Congress people, these representatives, um, about banking. And there is a representative from my old neighborhood in uh, Southern California in Orange County, Katie Porter. She's um, out of Irvine. And she asked Jamie Dimon, like, hey, you know, if I wanted to be a bank teller at your bank and I was a single mom, I'd be making, like, sixteen fifty an hour if I was working full time. And then she went down to explain how um, that sixteen fifty would break down in Southern California, you know, what it would cost for rent, what it would cost for food, what it would cost for utilities, what it would cost for childcare. And when she got down to the bottom, there was a, this, this person was at a negative $500 a month. And Jamie Dimon, who again was, you know, just wrote a manifesto on income inequality and why we need to pay people more and why, you know, things in our country and with our economy needs to change. We're at a, you know, DEFCOM 3 right now. Well, Jamie Dimon proved that he had no knowledge of income inequality other than it being a catchy phrase right now because when uh, Katie Porter asked him um, what did he think uh, should happen to, for because a person was um, had a negative um, balance at the end of the month, he said he didn't know. He'd have to get back to her. He had no idea what to do. And now, mind you, um, J.P. Morgan Chase just, um, I believe, they made about $3 billion uh, and profits for the quarter, and he had no clue as to what to do. And Katie Porter, shout out to her, because she is a law professor, um, and she has expertise in bankruptcy, and um, she she really, you know, held him to the fire. And remember, with the 2017 tax law changes, they were telling us that corporations, if we reduce the taxes for corporations, corporations would bring money back into the country, Corporations would then increase people's salaries, and it would be this whole trickle-down thing. And so Jamie Dimon, sitting there in Washington, in front of all the cameras and for all America to see, was asked a simple question. A person in Orange County, California, which is one of the most expensive places to live in the country, is making $16.50 an hour as a single mother and is negative $500 every month. Um, what should happen? And he was absolutely clueless. And he gave a shaggy-doo response. And when I say shaggy-doo, think of Scooby-Doo in that mystery van. And I don't know if he was eating Scooby snacks before he got on camera, but saying I don't know just doesn't cut it. 
uh, to me, it, it shows me how out of touch you are with the hardships of Americans. We're, we keep talking about uh, there being a middle class crisis in our country. And then to just kind of put the nail in the coffin of this, Jamie Dimon doubled down on Friday. Uh, there was a conference call that he had, and, you know, it came up again. You know, Jeff, um, a couple of other bankers have, and a couple of other industries have decided that they were going to increase their minimum hourly wages for some of their employees. And, you know, that came about, and then also, you know, his performance in Washington. And Jamie Dimon started out by saying that, hey, you know, sixteen fifty an hour will, you know, eventually increase to $18 an hour in some high-cost areas. But sixteen fifty is really an entry-level position uh, for people who are really just out of high school. So, again, not thinking that there are people who may have degrees that are single parents, et cetera, that may be earning this money, and it is not enough to survive. It is not enough to raise another human besides yourself, if yourself at that. So it was just really, really shocking to me that um, he would say something like that and not have been better prepared. I know that they pay lobbyists millions of dollars to um, assist them and prep them for um, testifying uh, in front of Congress and the, the Rep House of Representatives, etc. And so for him to still to say, I don't know, just I was like, my feelings were hurt because I was really hoping that, you know, this was the turning of the tide um, of increasing the wages of the people in our country so that people could save money, so that people can retire, um, so that people can pay off their student loan debt because that's the next bubble that's coming. Um, so it, it was just just very, very heartbreaking to me that that was his response um, in front of Katie Porter and then on Friday doubling down and just saying not only uh, that these jobs are entry-level positions for people just out of high school, but he then, you know, said, you know, you have to look at other industries too. It's not just us. And, you know, that that's one of those things when, you know, when my son was growing up, if he talked about, if I, you know, hit him on something that he was doing wrong, if he brought up friends or anybody else, he was just automatically on punishment. Like, don't come at me with stupid stuff like that. Don't, don't say that. Uh, we're talking about you right now and what you're doing. And so I hope Jamie Dimon takes the time to read his 46-page shareholder letter and come up with some real ideas, some real thoughts about what should happen with uh, income in this country. Um, he has an opportunity. I mean, again, for the quarter, um, billions of dollars came into J.P. Morgan Chase. And so they can carve off a piece of that and profit share and give everybody bonuses. And again, I'm, you know, I'm not reading their, their balance sheet. I don't know where their money should go, shouldn't go. Um, but it is clear that people that work for the banks, there are people that are working um, that need to be making more money. Um, and it's not enough to say, well, if you want to make more, you know, you have to put more into your job, et cetera. We can't do that anymore. People need to be at home raising their kids. If we don't want kids in jail, if we don't want kids outside, you know, doing crazy things in our neighborhoods, then we need to make sure that their parents are home at a decent hour uh, after school to, to feed them dinner and take care of them. So, Jamie Diamond, I'm asking you, please read your manifesto, read your shareholder letter, um, and then come back to us with some actual tangible ideas of what you're going to do to increase uh, uh, or eradicate income inequality. On Financial Renaissance with the M's, on the way we're going to uh, jump into Emma Knows Money and I'm going to give you your five tips to make your kids financially responsible. Coming to 
Tampa Bay, I said we want to win the Super Bowl, and I believe we will. From IamSecond.com, we came close, but never really did win that championship. Former NFL head coach Tony Dungy. At the end of my sixth year, I was fired, and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Next year, I'm in Indianapolis, get to the playoffs, but get knocked out again. And for the next couple of years, it's the same thing. Everyone is saying Colts are never going to win one. And I did wonder why didn't it pan out the way I thought it would. But I determined that I had to have Christ first and that everything else came below that, including my own desires. The next year, that ended up being our year to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Every decision I make, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he got us to that ultimate victory. I'm Tony Dungy, and I am second. You use Tearless Baby Shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Homewalk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disordered. Organized. I think I understand. Oh, God. Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet. Fingerling. Yukon Gold. <sighs> Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids learning and attention issues, this is what it can feel like. ExploreUnderstood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by Understood.org and the Ad Council. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dr. Phil here. You know, I help people solve difficult problems every day, but one problem has me stumped childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. 
Luckily, the Feeding America network of local food banks collects surplus food, giving hope to hungry children and their families. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ballin Street? Girlin Street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And so a new American industry has been born. Sensation Station Network. And this segment of Everyone Knows Money is brought to you by ClearWorks.net. The warm waters of South Florida may feel great to you, but for your both causes growth of algae and barnacles, call the diving specialist at Clean Bottoms to handle all of your underwater boat and yacht needs at 954-278-4514, or you can check them out online at clearbottoms.net. And now, on Eminos Money, we are going to run into the next five tips that you need to do to get your kids to be financially literate and responsible young human beings. So, Make your kids uh, submit a written proposal for questionable purchases um, that they want. So a lot of times kids will come to you with these great ideas of why they need something. And make them write out a proposal. And this is going to teach them a few things. One, it's going to teach them uh, negotiation skills. It's going to teach them persuasion skills. It's also going to teach them to be comfortable putting pen to paper to get their thoughts out. And then as an added depending on what it is that they're asking for, they may actually have to do some type of numbers crunching. And I love it when kids have to crunch numbers because they then themselves get frustrated and may decide that they don't want it. The next thing that you want to do is um, you want to use reimbursements as a condition um, to get them to maintain um, a spending buffer. So one of the things that you may want to look at doing is if they're, if you're out kids about this with my son is if they ask for something from you and you're giving it to them make sure that they they reimburse you and not only that depending on the kid once they become a teenager make sure that they're reimbursing you with with uh, interest and then the third thing you want to do with kids is teach them how to use a spreadsheet um, have them maintain a net worth spreadsheet just like you yourself needs to know what your net worth is your kids need to know what their net worth is and I promise you depending on the kid they see what their net worth number is they're gonna have a hard time with spending money okay but then they also need to know that you have a net worth and that because they want something it can't make your net worth go negative either and then the fourth thing you're gonna um, motivate your kids with kind of a trade-in deal a lot of kids have way too much stuff way too many toys etc so if they want something new maybe they have to let something go and give that to another kid that that is, that is needy okay and if you don't believe that your kids have too much try this 
take a toy or two, one or two toys or things that they, you know, not their most frequently used toy, not their Beyblades or anything like that, but take a couple of toys away from them and just put it somewhere and, you know, kind of hide it and see how long it takes for them to ask you for it. It may be months. I tried that with my son. He didn't ask me for the toys and I ended up donating them and giving them to somebody else that could use them. And then the fifth thing that we're going to look at is give, offer your kids a savings match with strings attached. So what that means is you tell them that, hey, I want you to take out of, you know, the monies that you earn from us, um, you know, you put a certain amount of dollars aside. And if you put aside $5, every time you hit $5 in your bank account, I'm going to put $5 in your bank account. As, and then when you get, but the, the thing is, I'll keep putting that $5 in until you hit $100. But come up with some type of goal or string attached that, you know, if they use the money uh, without your knowledge, you know, they owe you, just something like that. But you as the parent, you as the auntie, you as the godparent, you as an elder one can actually put strings attached when it comes to kids. And especially if you're matching them, they need to learn and understand uh, what this match is. It's not just free money for them to do whatever they want. It's free money for them to accomplish something. So especially tie that in with some of the goals that they have. And those are our five tips for your kids to become financially responsible young people on financials on Renaissance with the M's. And this was the segment of Emma Knows Money. back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. What a show. Thank you all so much for being here with me today. This was incredible. Um, some of you are trapped at home because it's raining here in the South, but I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, we had a great show today and we learned a lot of stuff, you know, uh, thanks to Herb McCoy from Fidelity Bank for coming in and talking to us about the importance of uh, community banking. And again, you know, I hope you got something from this and share this information, you know, each one teach one. Um, if you learn something and you find value in it, make sure that you're teaching your parents, your friends, your children, make sure that they understand to be financially literate. Financial education is key to us getting to the next levels or maintaining the level that we're at. Okay. Um, just to recap some of the stuff we talked about today, I hit on um, income streams. Again, you'll hear me talk about this all the time. No matter what level, economic level you're at, figure out what you can do to bring in more income. Okay. If we have another government shutdown and you're on a fixed income and you're receiving money from the federal government, what do you do if the government actually shuts down and stops making payments? So make sure that you're doing something else to bring in income. And again, with the advent of that smartphone, you know, there are different things where you can uh, consult, where you can do graphics, where, you know, if, you're, if English is your thing, you can, you can write for people, you know, copyright, you can edit. There are all types of things that you can do. We all have skills, okay, besides eating and breathing, most of us. Um, so figure out what you can do um, to, to bring in some extra money. And if retirement, if you're behind on retirement and you're not, you know, where you want to be or you're now underemployed, meaning, you know, you once made, you know, a, a salary and now you're making ten to twenty to $30,000 less, then you want to start thinking about other options that you could do um, for your retirement. So um, to save money, you can go ahead and get a roommate. Um, you could look at a grad student, a PhD student. You could look at building your basement out um, and turning it into an apartment, another stream of income. Um, and then there's also somebody there at the house making sure that you're okay. Um, if you're 
banked, meaning that you don't have access to um, the traditional checking savings accounts because of mistakes that you've made in your past. Well, your past is your past. Okay, you can. There are programs available for you to get back into the banking system, and it is something that you want to do because if you're not banked, if you're not in the banking system, you won't be able to get loans. You won't be able to to buy a house. There are a lot of things that you won't be able to do unless you're you know can show that you're responsible financially. So again, doesn't matter what you did in the past. There's programs out there. Go ahead and Google it. Figure out what you need to do to clean up. Um, your credit clean up you know any mistakes you made in the past and get back into the banking system and again I cannot reiterate this enough um, I am sounding the alarm um, you know red lights are flashing you know look at that wall <laughs> there are red lights flashing we need to um, really be um, picking up on um, the savings that we have and uh, make sure that you have a, a solid account um, and that your credit is cleaned up. After the break, we're going to be followed by Smooth Sensational Sundays. And then after that, we're looking at connecting the dots with Lee Watts at 4 p.m. Enjoy your week, financial knowledge seekers. I'm Emma Folks.